just like that, they buy it. They eat it up. You pander to them, you thank them. I mean, really, people, I thought you were a little bit smarter than that. I mean, it's just so easy wow. to say the name of the city. You cheer. Hey, oh, Stephanie, you. Stephanie, you just cheer. I just, mean, just come on. Welcome to the A Show. And welcome back to the A Show with the Kings of Pro Wrestling Podcast. I am Justin here with Meals. It is the 90th episode of the A Show. Uh, stop. I, have, <laughs> I can't believe it. Oh my God. We're going to do this every episode, and every episode feels monumental. I can't wait till we get to episode 101, and this feels all new again. <laughs> oh my God. Every episode is like, then we're we'll inching closer the to death. Then we'll be on the road to 150. <laughs> I know, right? Fuck. <laughs> what is that about? Either way, yes, it is episode 90 of the A Show. I'm doing great. First of all, how are you doing? I know you usually ask me how I'm doing. How are you doing, oh, Justin? Oh, man. We are recovering from, uh, not we, but I am recovering from last week's RNC cookout, 7666 cookout. Um, super successful. I want to thank all of my RNC brothers that came out uh, for the weekend. We had a blast in LA. We, we went out to Hollywood. We, we ate lots of food. We joked each other. Cyrus did some embarrassing things. Uh, just a lot of things happened. Very on brand. I love it. <laughs> Uh, I, I had a great time. Like I was just telling meals, I'm, I'm kind of recovering because we, we like stayed up and, you know, it was, we were just running, ripping and running the whole weekend. And I was like, man, like I got to like go hard. Like, you know, when people come visit, you have to go hard. You have to do all the stuff that you wouldn't normally do. Of so I did, I did a lot of stuff that I wouldn't normally do. And, uh, you know, I'm back to my regular life. I'm kind of bummed out that everybody's gone. But, you know, it's not forever. It's just for, for, a, for a while, you know, so had a blast. I had a blast. That's good. I couldn't make it. Obviously, money and things. But I'm glad everyone had a great time. Everyone looked like they had a great time. I was happy. I was there in spirit, maybe. I don't know. Um, you were definitely there in spirit. There was a moment where we were in Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles where I believe Jeff said, what if Mills walked through that door right now? And I looked. I, I, I'm telling you, ask everybody that was there. My <laughs> head went to the door. And I was like, if Mio shows up right now, I swear to God, I'll start crying. Like I started getting mad emotional for a second. Oh <laughs> I was, my god! I was like, that's just how that's just how much you know. That's how much I love you, Mills. Because it'll, was, that would have been a big surprise for me. It'll happen one day. Right. Not at a Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. I'm sure. I'm 90 sure of it. But it will definitely happen one day. Um, but we also have a very special guest on the line. Someone that we've we become close to in our, in our group chats and just wrestling and just all type of, he is the numero uno Bailey fan that I know. I don't want to say that's your, like your only like main like description type of deal. Cause it's not like on your like business card or anything. I mean, it might be, who knows? Um, but the man who has, geez, it might be giving stack. I Greg a run for his money at this point. Huh? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> 
the man with the stats, the man with the analytics, the man who has accurately been tracking and, and, and profoundly giving us information on what's been going on in WWE. We have Chris Novak on the line. Um, Chris, what's up, bro? What's up guys. Thanks for uh, bringing me on here. Obviously big fan of the show. Uh, frequent listener. I'm glad to, Beyond we're you. fans of you, bro. Come on, we're <laughs> fans of you as well. Listen, this is a this is an insider fact. I've been asking and lobbying for you to get on the show for a while, but we just had to get the the best moment for you to be on the show. Uh, yep. we, we had to put the we had to put the card down this week because I felt as though this is probably this is a huge, uh, huge show for or huge pay per view for one of your faves, and I yep. want to make sure we talked about that. But I'm so glad you're on the show. We're huge fans of you and everything that you do. One of the you know you're you're a historian of the game right now <laughs> of the current era. Yep. Listen, redefining whatever five star is because some people <laughs> can't do it anymore. I'm just keeping real with you. But you know what? We got you here. Oh, you know, a show audience, please welcome Chris Chris M Novak in our. Uh, in our lives and, and just make sure, you know, you follow him on Twitter and follow him on pretty much everything. It's especially if you want those stats and you want those and to, you know, just get all the information you can. You're also, um, you're a contributor for Barber's chair. So shout out yep. to them. Yep. Yep. Uh, um, and just, yeah, the WWE top 25, it runs through Chris. Um, what, what 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 would you say you know in terms of the latest t- top 25 because he did drop one for the, the women's as of recently mm-hmm. um kind of talk about the process behind that a little bit and just talk about like i mean I'm, I'm trying to pull it up here um but if you got the top five in your head just run them off real quick yeah so i i have the uh the spreadsheet up in front of me right now as it was updated just this afternoon because i before we started here, I watched NXT UK. It didn't have much of an impact on the top five or anything like that. But um, right now, the top tw- the top five, um, five through one, uh, Finn Balor is fifth. Despite the fact that he hasn't wrestled in three months, Aleister Black is fourth. Wow. Daniel Bryan third. Kofi Kingston is second. And Ricochet is number one. Oh, wow. Well, what, what's what's behind the Alistair one? Because I, I mean, he hasn't wrestled since April. Yeah, April. Yeah. So I, I think the the thing that really helped him was the fact that he was working so much in uh, February and March, doing double duty like Ricochet. Or actually, I shouldn't say double duty. He was doing like triple duty between Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. And like all of the matches that he had with Ricochet as a tag team, um, like boosted up the points that he got. Like he's. He's had he's been sitting at um, right now. His total points are ninety point one two five. He's been sitting at that literally for the last three months. So mm. he built up a, a big lead and a big cachet, and no one's really been able to catch him up until recently with Kofi and Brian. Because for a while he was sitting number two, but obviously Kofi's run has helped him big. Um, Brian's recent run has helped him big too. So they were able to finally catch him. But yeah, he's. He's still up there despite not wrestling for three months, which is kind of crazy. He's, yeah. it's, it's so interesting, like the usage rate of a lot of their talent, because a lot of people used to say, like, oh, they're, they're shoving Roman down our throats. And then the end of the year will come out and you see like Finn Balor had the most matches of anybody yeah. <laughs> and, and of the year. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, well, because I mean, because Finn, Finn's at 
Finn's at 26 matches, and he just wrestled his first match since Money in the Bank last night. So he's he's been up there big time. Yeah. Uh, Rick is obviously um, number one in terms of matches this year. He's already hit 40, which is kind of nuts. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's insane. Oh, my God. He's really been consistent. For, I mean, he's been really consistent since the beginning of this year. You're right. You talk about NXT, Raw, SmackDown, and everything, and flowing all between those. Mm-hmm. Um, Ricochet is really having quite of a breakout year, and uh, I mean, you can see it right now. He's United States champion. That's that's enough of an accolade himself to yep. you know yep. warrant that sort of top spot as well. Um, I look forward to see what else he got going on for the rest of the year. To be honest with you, definitely, yeah. Because I'm, I'm I'm I've been like really kind of fascinated, really with just tracking this whole thing, seeing who gets used a lot, and you know, most of the. Most of the people who are at 20 matches or more aren't really that surprising. I think the more, the bigger surprise is who's like not being used. Like Buddy Murphy, who's been MIA for however long now, has only wrestled six times this year. Shane oh McMahon's wrestled 10 times this year. So, oh my God. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm really hoping somehow Buddy Murphy <laughs> begins picking things up, or at least they start picking things up with Buddy Murphy by the end of the year. I don't know. They end up putting him in a tag team or some crap like that. Like but that um, it's it's crazy. And and what about the women? Sure. Uh, so the women have been sort of interesting in a lot of ways. Um, the person leading the way in terms of number of matches this year is Bailey. She has 28. Um, Becky's at 20 Nikki cross. So perhaps surprisingly, at least going into the year, I didn't think she'd be third or actually she's second right now. She's at Mm -hmm. 21. Um, and then you kind of have a, a crop of people who are between like 17 and 11. There's no one within even 10, which is kind of a weird quirk right now. But, um, and as far as the person who I think is making the most of her opportunities, despite not having a lot, it's, Pretty easily, Shayna Baszler. Um, she's only had seven matches, but right now, among the women, she's eighth on my women's top 25. Mm-hmm. Her lowest rated match was only 3.25. So, like, who was that against? That was a six woman tag. It was her and the other two horsewomen, uh, Shafir and Duke, against Bianca and Sky Pirates on an episode of NXT TV. Okay. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Other than that, like all of her singles matches have just been excellent. Man, I, I love I love talking stats and analytics. I, I think it's great. <laughs> it's I so mean, it definitely, yeah, one hundred percent. It tells a different story that perhaps that we don't. You know, it's usually it's weird because in the end in the NBA, a lot of people run with analytics, but it, even in the NBA, it kind of tells a story that it, the 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 movement on court. You can still the analytics are one thing, but you know they don't you know tell the story of like a little bit of the effort on court and stuff like that. But when you talk about professional wrestling, it's really kind of the numbers that help kind of bring things in perspective because we would have ne- never in our wildest minds believe that damn ricochet has had 40 matches already this year that's insane yeah. between all three shows and and bailey is the top runner and when you think that she was on she's been on raw she's been on smackdown she was on both shows this week she's going to be on another yeah. show coming up this sunday um like she's really stacking it up and she's really proving to be one of the most hard, you know, hardest working women in WWE right now. So it's kind of insane. It tells you definitely another story. Um, I think we should start getting into the show and getting no holes barred because we yeah. have yeah. a major show this week. I mean, we're going to continue with the hot takes. We're yeah. going to continue with no holes barred and we got to run through this WWE Extreme Rules card. 
Yeah. Uh, first up on No Holds Barred, and we can just kind of just like run through these really quick because we have a lot of stuff to get to this this week. Uh, WWE is returning to the Madison Square Garden uh, this fall for for Raw and SmackDown tapings. Uh, I saw someone on Twitter say that Madison Square Garden came back with their tails between their legs after their ROH uh, New Japan show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe. You know what? You know what's crazy about this? I always felt like um, ever, ever since the Barclays Center came into play wwe has just decided to book their talent there i think it costs less to book shows at the barclays center than it does at msg mm-hmm. um so we haven't had an ms a true msg like major show there have been plenty of house shows and the house shows over the last decade or so when they're at msg they're great you you get like the first time i think we got the last time I went to a house show at an MSG, AJ Styles defeated Kevin Owens for the United States Championship. Yeah. And that happened off camera. And that's a title change that never usually happens. Um, and then, but we've had major like spectacles, like we'll have a Brock Lesnar match or we'll have a Undertaker match. And it's kind of interesting to see how they're going to do it for the actual television shows because MSG is still considered like, one of WWE's home is the Mecca. It's where so much history has been made. And for them to go back, it's interesting. Yeah, I think, um, I think especially I think it's really cool that it's tapings and they're happening uh, on the 9th and 10th uh, uh, or I think the 10th and the 11th, I believe, of September. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's interesting that they're tapings, but I, I would I would imagine. I mean, this is a month from the Fox show that not. Yeah. But I mean, like, if there's something big that's going to happen, I wouldn't do it on SmackDown. I'd do it on Raw. I, I think SmackDown should be in a holding period post SmackDown or post SummerSlam until October. Well, yeah. If it, if it terms in terms of which show I would rather probably go to, it would probably end up being Raw. And it's not that I don't love SmackDown, but it's just I feel like Raw MSG. It's just history, and it's just they're going to pull out the sort of the big guns for this entire thing in terms of doing it for um, gosh, in terms of just like other things uh, for SmackDown, I'm not fully sure. Yeah. Not, not really sure about it at all. Uh, next up, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows, the club signed a lucrative deal and resigned with the WWE. I think we saw this coming as, I mean, as far as the past three weeks yeah. have shown you, like they're they're obviously being pushed again. I think the same thing happened when the revival resigned. Same thing happened when <laughs> when uh, Maria and Mike resigned. Like these guys and these women get repushed after they get the contract. Um, again, I mean, I'm not upset at this. They they have been saying that uh, New Japan and AEW was interested, but I don't think that was a a viable destination for either of them, considering how how much of a layoff AEW gets. They barely ever work. <laughs> like they seemingly yeah. aren't doing much. And New Japan, of course, like. Carl Anderson has four kids. He just had another one. There's no way he was going back to New Japan to do what he's got to do. Uh, and I mean, they get to stick with AJ Styles. I, I'm all for this. I mean, they're not, they don't blow the world away, in my opinion. Like, I'm not interested, like, I don't, you know, clamor to watch a match between with these two. But as far as being a, an auxiliary act next to AJ Styles or a Finn Balor, they serve their purpose. Agree. Yeah. Uh, I think so. What'd you say, Chris? No, I was saying I definitely agree with what uh, Justin was saying that, you know, they're, they may not, you know, set the world on fire in the tag division. And, but as a as an aside with with AJ, they definitely fill their roles really well. 100 percent. I mean, I, I mean, I like them just because I think the t- tag team division in the WWE still needs a lot of work. Yeah. And like you said, it definitely is an auxiliary player, but they're an experienced tag team and they add a little bit of legitimacy 
you know, to the division as well. I think I'm hoping at least in this sort of new era with the Paul Heyman's and the Eric Bischoff's coming into play that they at least, you know, make it a little bit of an aside for tag team wrestling. It feels like we haven't, besides what's going on on SmackDown, I don't know what's going on on Raw because the yeah. Usos, the Usos revival feud, is, they're on TV one week, they're off TV next week, and there's no really, you know, thread between the missing weeks. So it just is what it is. But, you know, I would love to see a much more focus on tag team wrestling and hopefully we get that, you know, in the future, especially with these guys signing in. Uh, we have a Sasha Banks watch for this week. It's been Woo! a while. It's been a couple weeks. Uh, it's this, boss time. Apparently it, it's to Michael boss time. I, I can hear, I can hear Chris literally break it. Glass. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear him right now. Yeah. Uh, but this week, uh, Sasha went to Japan to hang out with Mako Satomura and a bunch of uh, other Joshi stars. Uh, she's been training with them. I guess she just showed up with her bag and said, let me train. <laughs> I guess Did she show up with the... All right, so here's the thing. Did she show up with the WWE or not? Uh, they were recently in Japan. She's in Japan. Did she show up with the WWE or not? That's the question that I have on my mind because it makes no sense for her to just decide on a whim. I'm going to fly to Japan a week after everyone comes back. And, you know, these Instagram photos could just be dated. I don't really, you know, be anything like that. But, what I mean, what do you guys think? Do you think she was with the WWE when she was over there? Or do you think this is like, I'm just going to Japan to train with Michael Setamura and all this other stuff? It's too, it's too odd uh, for her to, I mean, she sh- essentially showed up a week after they left. Yeah, <laughs> or at least these photos are being a a week after they left. Yeah, uh, I I mean, I'm I'm sure she's, you know, it's just coincidence that she showed up that week. But I mean, she obviously knows when they're going to have tours. I'm pretty sure she's still talking to Bailey. Um, I mean, it, it it does look extra petty, wouldn't you say, Chris? Yeah, it 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 does look a little petty just based on you know how she's how she's, you know, portraying it and, you know, like, oh, you know, like you guys said, like, oh, a week after she suddenly shows up in Japan, like I, it it would be a hell of a coincidence. Um, I'm not sure if she showed up with them or just was there kind of on the side, but, um, I mean, it it wouldn't, it wouldn't really surprise me if she, if she did just show up there a week She's not numb to it. She knows what's going on. But she- I'm not. I'm not buying that. I don't think anyone would bother taking a 12 to 18 hour flight for no reason, um, just to show up in Japan all after the fact just to train. I mean, the unless you're like looking at other companies in terms I mean, of where to work at. I mean, Mako did work with WWE. She does have her ongoing relationship with them. It's been said she's going to return this year, at some capacity, at some point. I mean, it's possible. I think she I think she was there with the E. She has her first of all, she has her wig on. Um or at least dyed her hair back. I her, don't her know. Her hair is dyed purple again. Yes. Her hair yeah. is dyed purple again. So it makes me think that she was at least with it. That's her E look. That's not her, you know, her Instagram, I'm subtle, not sure what's going on in my life, you know, black hair type of deal. Um she had her E look on. I feel like she was definitely there with the E. Um, which lines up with a lot of other rumors that are going on with Sasha Banks right now. And I feel like she's just posting the photos all after the fact because, you know, that's just what Sasha Banks does. I don't know. Uh, continuing on uh, w- with the Sasha Banks watch, uh, speaking of, I mean, going piggybacking essentially what Off Mills just said, her return seems to be imminent. And, and within the next two weeks, in fact, uh, she was advertised or for the first time in a very long time. She's been advertised for Raw in two weeks. Um, so, I mean, we could possibly be seeing her 
after Extreme Rules and right before SummerSlam, which to me would make a lot of sense considering coming out of the main event or one of the main events of Extreme Rules, Becky Lynch is obviously going to need a dance partner, and there are literally zero on Raw right now. <laughs> Oof. Or, 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 well, I'll, I'll say this to add on to the fact there was also, I don't know if this was, this could be Photoshop. I don't know what the kids are doing these days. Oh, wow. um, but she was also highlighted on the SummerSlam poster as yes. well. Yes. The SummerSlam cool. poster that was released. I'm not sure if that's Photoshop. People get crazy these days with the Photoshop. I think it looks real realistic, but she is promoted for SummerSlam. Um, you say you say Becky, and we've been talking about Becky, but is this a chance that maybe even you know get a rivalry once again with Bailey? Uh, Chris, please. I personally hope not, um, and that's the, the only reason I say that is just because I think that at this point in time, it's best if they are separate. Um, sure, I, they've been around each other and in each other's shadows for before you know she departed this year since. God, like every single year. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they were, the only time that they really weren't with each other were was, you know, that that year where Sasha was on Raw and while Bailey was still the NXT women's champion in down in NXT in Florida. And really, besides that, you know, they've kind of been connected with each other. So me personally, I would prefer her to be on Raw feuding with Becky because, like you said, there's legitimately no one on the brand right now who would make sense for her to face Becky that is at SummerSlam unless they somehow quickly pivoted from this Alexa Nikki feud to having them go against Becky or they pulled Ronda out from California to face Becky at SummerSlam maybe earlier than expected. But besides that, I mean, the the field is completely open and on SmackDown, I mean, the natural, the natural pairing for, and I'll get to this when we predict extreme rules, the natural pairing is with Bailey and another horsewoman, but it's not Sasha. It's Charlotte Flair, in my opinion. So, because they haven't run that back from Money in the Bank yet, so yeah. Um, makes- personally, though, I would I would prefer Sasha be kept away from Bailey for at least like a year or two. Absolutely, I absolutely agree. Uh, and that's that's Sasha Banks' watch for this week. Uh, next up on No Holds Barred, this just happened this morning. Uh, I, I I I have very little to say about it other than like these two are fucking punks. Uh, Joy Janela and, and Enzo More got into a fight at a Blink One Eighty Two concert uh, last night. Uh, Enzo woke up very early this morning, or at least on my side of the of the world, this early this morning, talking shit uh, to Joy Janela. They went back and forth, and then a video came out <laughs> of, of Enzo stepping to Joy. Both of them looking as though they don't want to fight each other at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Joey looking the most scared of the two because he was backing up while Enzo was <laughs> going towards In this him. rare situation, Joey was the professional wrestler actually smaller than Enzo, which is incredibly <laughs> rare um, for in most situations because Enzo has definitely been, I mean, he's been characterized as the smaller man in wrestling, but he genuinely <laughs> is. Um, God, this fight. At the Blink-182 con. Can Mark Hoppus just like come on? He just have one show, and it's a, not just Blink One Eighty Two. It was Blink One Eighty Two and Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne. So you kind of yeah. know, <laughs> you know, one was on one side of the audience. Enzo was like, "Yo, I came for Wayne, bro." And Joey Janela's like, you know, all the small things. That's my jam. I remember that from big grade fan school. Of, uh, that big fan of Take Off Your Pants and Jacket, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my god. Yeah. So they got to squaring up. Um not a good look for Joey Janela to buy <laughs> to be honest with you. No, not at all. He looks nah. like a, he like a punk. <laughs> you look like I don't know if they were you know what? I don't even want to give any country to them. They should have fought if they really wanted to fight. Um uh, but he looks like a complete punk. It, it just it's just sad. It's just not good. Chris, is that how white people fight? <laughs> I most of the time perhaps. I think the the, funny, the funniest thing about this was the description because I I found out about this because um, Fightful Select sent me an email um, last night and it said they learned that a series of Enzo Amore tweets to Joey Janela were brought on by quote quote the worst fist fight ever that happened <laughs> between the two tonight. Oh <laughs> my god! And he was right. Yeah. <laughs> It wasn't a fight. It was like an encounter. I've seen yeah. scarier things in the Pokemon game. Like, <laughs> like it wasn't. It was just like, yo, you saw, you know, an Enzo Mori in the tall grass. Ah, oh, I think I'll run. <laughs> um, but like, you know, I feel like just in general, you would love to see Enzo Mori in, in actual news for something actually reputable. Man, since the genesis. of this show for the 90 episodes of this show that we've had we've really had nothing good to say about enzo mori um never and you know so i don't know one's got a job and doesn't i don't know i don't know what to say (laughs) (laughs) one's got to go to work on saturday one yeah the other guys just i'm gonna gonna show up to evolve in a in a a inspector gadget coat You you reminded me that there is an evolve show this weekend. Yes, there is an evolve show this weekend. Um, speaking of shows, I guess we'll, t- we'll touch on that in a bit. Uh, me and me and you watched different shows this weekend, Mills. Yes. I'm just going to be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> How would you know? <laughs> I watched I watched one show. <laughs> okay. And you watched another show that you said you were going to watch, and you did. I'm glad that you watched it. Thank I you. made an attempt to watch G1. But none of my streams ended up working until probably the end of it. And then I was just like, I don't want to watch it anymore. So I made an attempt, but now I was just like, never mind. So I'm good. Chris, did you watch G1? Do you watch G1 or Slammiversary? Um, I watched Slammiversary. I did not watch G1. Okay. So I'll run through G1 really quickly. Okay. Uh, G1 in Dallas. Very empty arena. <laughs> Let's keep it on it. <laughs> True. Man. True. <laughs> very they're trying very the light. best they can is all i can say very light uh i'll just give a run through of the the tournament matches because that's what i watch because usually on g1 i only watch the tournament matches um osprey archer really great match started smelling itself a little bit too much toward the end uh too many near falls i think osprey took way too much uh offense and he was just like to a point where it's like okay this is unrealistic that he's kicking out of all of this shit but i thought lance archer is the most interesting that i he, he had ever been uh sonata versus zach saber jr didn't did nothing for me i thought it was very boring in the first stretch uh didn't need to be that long i thought a 10 minute match could have sufficed for this match uh but it, i thought it was really solid uh kenta versus kota abushi <clears throat> yeah yeah kenta the old kenta eh? The old Kenta's back. Apparently, he got it. He got a win over yeah. a Kota, poor Bo, Kota Ibushi. Uh, Ibushi, who is working through an ankle injury right now, uh, also seemed hobbled during this match. It seemed like the match was going at about half the speed of a normal Ibushi match. And this is this goes to say, like even in the Naito matches, they move a little bit faster than this. Um, but he was obviously catching, you know, giving time for Kenta to catch up to, you know what was going on. I thought it looked like a Kenta WWE match. I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie to you here. There were a lot more kicks 
than you know thrown than he usually does a lot more harder style but i mean overall i thought it was again just a it was just a solid match i, I think uh bushi tried but i think that this is the type of style we're going to see from kenta it's going to be very interesting to see his tanahashi and okada matches i will say because uh again if tanahashi at this point doesn't have anyone to work off of i don't think that's going to be a great match because tanahashi himself is perpetually injured as well so i i have no clue and the okada match that's probably going to go the full 30. I don't know. Um, so we'll see. Uh, the, the main event was Okada versus Tanahashi part uh, 3000. Uh, I kind of sleepwalked through this. It was pretty much the same match, but a lot quicker. I did enjoy it, though. I gave it four stars. Uh, Okada won the match and, and gained his own two points there. But all in all, it was a solid show. Not, nothing super mind-blowing. But uh, yeah, that was the G1 in Dallas. Uh, and of course, I had to watch that because the G show is coming up with myself and Cyrus. Uh, as for Slammiversary, Meals, Chris, how did you guys feel about that show? I didn't get, I didn't get a chance to watch. Chris, go ahead, man. <laughs> I, thought was, I thought it was fine. Um, I was turned off by the the booking decision in the main event, um, but I thought the show was pretty fine. I mean, it, nothing nothing about it was like objectively bad. I couldn't really get into um, the heavyweight championship match with Brian Cage and Mike Elgin because no, I couldn't. Yeah, no. Elgin. Well, actually, they kind of they kind of went off a little bit. I'll, yeah. I'll say that. Yeah, it, it did seem like that. I just I just couldn't find myself really getting into it. Um, the the Monsters Ball Fatal Four Way with the women was brutal as all hell, um, yeah, and Tessa Tessa versus Sammy Callahan was a good match, just with the wrong decision. Like she shouldn't have lost. I think that entire match, and it was great. It, I mean, they're promoting it as history—the first ever main event in a gender match in yeah. North America, which is uh, you know. Is or actually the United States? I don't say North America. I don't know what they're doing down in uh, Mexico. Um, but you know, I thought it was a great effort, at least in terms of just making this sort of. I don't know if they are going to invite this type of um, this type of action a lot more, like a lot of intergender, more intergender matches. But for what it was, I thought it was incredible, and I th- thought it told a great story. Yeah. I also agree, with Chris, that. The ending, huh? Not really, especially <laughs> yeah. considering if they're in a moment where they're they're touting history is being made. Um, this is the opportunity that you kind of run with, right? And then you can kind of even build off Sammy Callahan a little bit more as terms of just like he lost. Um, now he's making up all these type of excuses, et cetera, et cetera, all these type of things, and it's kind of etched in his career. And you give Tessa Blanchard, who you really want to promote as a big star, especially if considering you're putting in the main event, you give her a nice, healthy win. Now, I read some reports that they're trying to do, you know, the backwards booking decision where they want to have Tessa lose because they don't want to, you know, get her reactions like Roman Reigns or something. And I'm like, What? <laughs> I don't know if that was real, but the logic of it just didn't make sense to me. If it was real or if it wasn't real, I was like, not get Roman Reigns reactions. Like, it, it, there's no the the booking decision for that should have just been Tessa one, and you would have had a great moment, and you would have. I'm pretty sure more publications would have picked that up, other than just a man beat a woman down incredibly. You know, all all, all this brutally. Um, you would have got way more attention if Tessa won. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I wasn't really. I agree with Chris. That booking decision was kind of weird. Albeit the 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 effort that both those two put in, I thought was just off the charts. Um, 
the near falls, the the moves and everything like that. Like they really didn't really slip up too many times. Um, other matches on the card, I think that triple threat tag team match that people were anticipating ended up getting called off a little bit early because um, who got injured? Was it? One of the wrestlers. Was yeah. Yeah. They, Santana but, yeah, they, they got injured during the match and wasn't able to continue. So I thought that was a match that had a great pace going and it kind of ended, had to be ended up, um, ended a little bit earlier than we thought. Um, the Eddie Edwards and Killer Cross match, uh, I wasn't really like, eh, meh. Um, Moose versus Rob <laughs> Van Dam. Yikes. Um, Yikes. I, I interested in finding out uh, how you guys felt about that one. Uh, uh, go ahead. That was a dud. Um, yeah. <laughs> RVD had like one of the worst frog splash attempts I think I've ever seen. Poor guy. Just he's he pat, he's way, way past his prime. But I mean, that's what you would come to expect that that match did not hit well with me at all, though. No, it, it to me, it doesn't hit well because this is a character RVD who you always thought. And, you know, I was talking about it when we were discussing a little bit earlier, Robin Dam in 2002 is one of the best wrestlers on you know, the earth. He's one of the most dynamic. He's one of the most, he's really one of a kind performer, at least in that format. But as wrestling has changed, you know, he's the sort of offense that he done has become a lot less special. Now he was always to me ahead of the pack in terms of just the ECW crowd and the ECW folks like the Tommy dreamers, the Sabus, the Sandmans and the people who kind of run back on the circuit. But now he's really kind of blended into that sort of mold Considering for the last 20 years, he's been legitimately the same person. Yep. And the only difference between now and what he was then is that he looks a lot less in shape than he does before. <laughs> um, but he's really been the exact same guy. And I don't think that kind of works in sort of these sort of to me, it doesn't lend anything to his legacy and it also doesn't lend anything to the match when you kind of can expect where it's going to go, especially if you plot person A or player one versus Rob Van Dam and you're just like, go have a match. You know they're going to have this similar match that Rob Van Dam always has. So to me, like you, like Chris said, it was kind of a dud because you kind of expected and, you know, shout to Moose. Moose did the damn thing. But at the same time, it's like, huh? Like, what's going on? And also Moose's character, I'm not fully... Uh, yeah. Uh, the the whole robe thing, the the larger than life thing. I think it's a little bit played out in 2019. Uh, Agreed. Um, professional wrestling, but the Fatal Four Way Monsters Ball, incredible. Um, yeah. They really laid into one like all of them laid into one another, and especially the tax spot. I haven't seen a, you know a women's match with a tax spot ever. Um, in my eyes, I'm sure I'm sure it's maybe happened in another promotion, but I've never seen it. Um. I think Candice LeRae was into that and like PWG and stuff like that. I think she did. It, 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 it was a great, it was a great fatal four way match and um, with a great ending. And um, yeah, I, I, I can't say much more about that. I, or And the Rich Swan versus Johnny Impact match. Um, I think I didn't, I didn't really watch it to be honest with you. <laughs> um, why are you laughing? Um, <laughs> didn't really watch it. Um, I'm interested in kind of the story they're trying to tell with Rich Swan. I'm interested in kind of where they're going to go with this. Um, I think they're kind of building up this type of thing that's just, 
I'm not sure where you go with this. Um, considering his history and all this other stuff, if you bring up his Wikipedia profile, you know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> but, what, is story? what is it? What's the story? I don't no, know. No, the story, I mean, they're kind of, it's kind of like this redemption story type of deal, right? Like he's been sort of shut out from, you know, all these other things and now he's being built up and now he's like returning back to his former glory. And part of that story was winning the X Division Championship. And it's like, that's cool and that's good and all. But like I still don't believe it, and also, you know, you, I mean, I just I wasn't wife. in. Yeah, I wasn't really into this match. I wasn't really into this match. Um, also, Johnny Impact, another person who's been doing the same thing for the last God Ten knows years. how long. Yeah, it, it's a decade. Um, <laughs> his 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 Impact contract is apparently up. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think he's probably going to AEW. That would be I mean, my. I, you know. It could be AEW. He, he has. Should he? Yeah, he should go to New Japan. He's kind of, you know, don't push. A little, it's not. A little, it's not a little too stiff for him in New Japan. Not really. Um, <laughs> How many people in New Japan are stiff now? There's, uh, there's Ibushi. That's true. That's there's true. Na- there's Naito. There's Ishii, who he'll probably face like twice a year. That's it. There's nobody really. Uh, there, like a lot of New Japan is like American or overseas talent now. Mm, interesting. I feel like probably if I had to pick where he's probably going to go, I'd say definitely. Um, I don't know if he wants to go back to the schedule of WWE, but he has a lot of friends in the WWE still. Um, I doubt he'd have to. Like, I I mean, a lot of people aren't even on the shows a lot of the time. Like, they're not being used. So I, I doubt he'd have to do that. That grueling schedule like fucking Ricochet does. Yeah. I mean, well. In terms of just matches, but you still got to show up to the show. Like it's got, I mean, maybe not house shows, but you still got to show up to Raw and SmackDown, but it is what it is. Um, but he's got a lot of friends in WWE, Miz, Ziggler, Hawkins, Ryder. Um, actually, I don't know of Hawkins, definitely Ryder. Um, but he's got a lot of friends in WWE. I could see himself ending back up there for at least one more run at whatever is going on. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, I mean, in, in the Brian Cage, Mike, Michael Elgin match, um, it was what it was. I thought they went off for at least heavyweights. I was like, oh, they're kind of going off. Like, they're kind of going at it. And then we got the surprise by the mask, um, <laughs> sick man, uh, whose contract has apparently not expired yet, but, you know, <laughs> mask guy. <laughs> they don't give uh, a shit. They don't give a shit. <laughs> they, don't. they don't at all. WWE is just like, what are you, you were in Dallas? <laughs> you weren't backstage? Like, we're <laughs> okay. All right. I mean, if he was there. Um but yeah, that that's Slammiversary. That's Slammiversary. Yep. I watched the show. That's all that's the review of it. Excellent. Uh let's go to the hot takes really quick. Let's do like three. Let's do like three hot takes this episode. All right. Let me pull let me pull them up real quick. Um Boom, boom, Once boom. Again, thank you, everybody who sent in the hot takes for uh, last week. And if anyone sent any in this week, we'd love to do these hot takes. I'm very glad that, that Chris is here to do some of these hot takes this week uh, to provide another another aspect of uh, of the answers and just listen to these hot takes that that, uh, that we get from some of our fans of the show. 100%. And thank you guys. Yeah, once again, I just have to echo his thoughts. Thank you guys because we got a lot of good ones last week. Um I'm trying to see where did we leave off? Um, we did Cody and Brandy in the bedroom. Wow, what? Uh, <laughs> oh, remember? Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
let's see. Okay. Um, we have we have one from Mania Curiosity. Okay. It says wrestling hot take. Both a certain section of Roman's fans and Roman's haters have a tendency to bring the man up in things that have absolutely nothing to do with him. Uh that's a I, I, we gotta start rating these hot takes. I'd say that's like a that's like a four hot take. I, I think that's that's very that's very true. I think that when it comes to bigging up Roman Reigns, they would say, "Well, if Dean, if Roman did what Dean Ambrose is doing, or if Roman did what Seth Rollins is doing right now, then you guys would shit on him, and, and then vice versa, or something like that." Like I, I do think that is absolutely something that happens. What about you, Chris? I would definitely agree, considering that I. I do follow my fair share of Roman fans. I do follow my fair share of Roman haters, even though those have kind of dissipated, of, at least to the ones that I've curated. But yeah, um, it does seem like he gets thrown into the discussion, not just by those who hate him, but by those who adore him as well. I definitely would agree with that take. Yeah, I mean, I think he's in a lot of conversation. I mean, when you're, listen, when you're the man... <laughs> you're throwing in a lot of conversation and 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 it was something that happened with cena as well cena was also thrown into a lot of conversation when he was on top of like if cena did this or cena did that or you know all these other things you know it is what it is it's all the conversation surrounding roman reigns i'm sure he's not mad at it at all he's just like whatever i just show up to work and get paid <laughs> um we have another one from dream tv too shout out to him shout out um, to you brother i see you you're a big fan of the show always tweeting about the show Thank you, man. Um, he said, wrestling hot take, when it's all said and done, Daniel Bryan, greater mm-hmm. than, greater than, greater than, greater than, greater than mm-hmm. HBK. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Will Daniel fair. Bryan yeah. go down as a greater, as greater than HBK? He needs one more. I think he needs one more WrestleMania. Give him one That's more. Give me one more. I don't know. Hey, do I, I don't know if hold I can on, say this. Hold on, hold on, Chris. What do you, what, what do you, what do you think, Chris? I think that's fair to to give him one more one more mania. Um, he obviously has like a ridiculous you know workload in the independent scenes in, in Ring of Honor and in WWE over the last however many years he's been there, almost ten now. Um, but I do think that in terms of mania matches, he's had obviously. His, his fair share of great ones, but I mean, you think of how many great matches that Mania that Michaels has had in comparison to Brian. I would probably say that Brian has three like legitimately great matches. The two, well, actually four, the two at thirty, then the latter match at thirty-one, and obviously this year with Kofi and Michaels obviously has you know built Taker. up. Yeah, Taker, um, the triple threat with Redacted. Um, <laughs> the, the triple threat with noob cybot <laughs> yeah the, the match with jericho at 19 the two matches with taker um the match with flair the match, the match with, with angle i mean I, yeah. i'll be yeah. honest with you i'm not i don't i think it's a i don't think it's like a hot hot take but i think it's a hot take. i don't think that's actually true um when it's all said and done because you know I think Daniel Bryan is fantastic. Don't get me wrong. Brian Give him Daniel. one more, Mills. Give him one more. Daniel Bryan. But, I mean, I'm looking at it from the aspect of, and I can only say this because Daniel Bryan's career isn't over, and we'll know maybe in 
two years or so, um, two, two and a half years when he decide if he ever decides to hang it up when his contract expires, it actually might be less than that. It might be one year or two. Um, but Shawn Michaels, just for the amount of work that he's done over the period that he did it in and just being able to maintain and always on top, also bringing up, I think they're, I don't know if I would, the closest I would say is like they're equal. I don't know if I would put greater than, greater than, greater than, greater when it's than, said and, When it's said and done. When, when it's, it's said and done. When it's said and done. Shawn Michaels is iconic, man. Brian got at least another good four years of him. This is true. I mean, he, Daniel Bryan can. I'm sure Daniel Bryan can even maybe even actually can he wrestle longer than that? He's been he's been pretty straight. If he continues with the schedule he's doing now, he can definitely wrestle uh, for another four years. I, for I sure. Think, I think Bryan's one of the few people that they actually let go crazy at Manias. They they let him do pretty much whatever he wants to do at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. I think when you have that type of leeway, you're able to do those Shawn Michaels like matches. And I think that if you give him another like really good solid singles match at Mania, which they looked, I mean, looking at every year that he's been around, even when he hasn't been hurt, he's been given a marquee match. So right. I think give him one more. I mean, he's got the feel good one when he, when he returned with Shane, he's got the one with, with, with Kofi. He's got every single one's memorable in their own way. So well, I think, even the 18 second one, even the 18, I mean, it made him, if you want to keep it 100, it made him. This is true. This so, is true. So, I mean, you know, it's a different tra- it's a different career trajectory. Than Had the 18-second one equal to the Shawn Michaels WrestleMania 10 ladder match? I, huh. I, 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 it's a different trajectory, Mills. Like, it's a different it's a different time. No, I'm not saying that they're different. I'm just, you know, bringing that up. In, my, they, in terms of just making a character, I could see both of those matches kind of holding up against one another that kind of defined Shawn Michaels as a showstopper that then defined Daniel Bryan as the underdog um just two career defining matches with both completely different ways they were carried out um I don't know I kind of still to me HBK is still kind of HBK is kind of really still really his career is just and I can say this because his career is over so it's just different I'd have to wait till Daniel Bryan's career it's, is over. His career is over until the Saudi the Saudi prince is like, "Hey, <laughs> don't you want to wrestle uh, Braun Strowman <laughs> or some shit like that?" All right, until WWE decides, until WWE gets in a contract with you know uh, Japan and then you know New Japan, and and Daniel Bryan is on the first thing smoking back in the ring. Like it, it, everybody got a price. Everybody got something enticing to them. Um, last last hot take. Um, we got this one from 06 John Cena. Okay, wow. Oh shit. <laughs> 06 John Cena. He's bringing the trouble. We're all about to lose. Um that's a pretty strong John Cena. Yeah. Um, NXT's booking is very repetitive, and the storylines are so simple to the point where a 45-second video package can explain two months worth of story. Um it's it's the in-ring action strictly that sells the product. Some of the characters and gimmicks are good, but only work in the realm of NXT and will get stale once they hit the main roster. Now, I think the first half of this is a scorching hot take, and then the second half of this is just telling us what we've already seen already. But um, yeah, I mean, talk I, about I the, the, first, the first part. Uh, NXT's booking is repetitive, and the storylines are so simple to the point where a 45-second video package can explain two months' worth of feud. Mm. Uh, Chris, go ahead. Repetitive? Oh. Uh, I don't know. Oh, go ahead. I, I don't. I don't. I don't think it's it's repetitive. I think they 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 do do some simple aspects of storytelling and whatnot. But 
Repetitive? Uh, I I would disagree. I would disagree with that notion. I don't. I nothing, mean, I would I would blame that on the Johnny Gargano yeah. <laughs> era of NXT. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with that as well. But I don't I don't think that it's been really repetitive or anything like that. But no, it, I mean. I, I think that people are it, it's it's booked very old old style old school it's booked very yeah. deep south very like it, it you have a heel you have a face I think when they tried to tried to blend it and tried to kind of go between the lion shades of great Johnny Gargano that's when they lost the plot like like Neil said yeah. but there's nothing exactly wrong again with predictable I think the most the best the best things that we've ever gotten are things that have been predictable like Kofi Kingston winning predictable but we still love it because of the way that they got there i think nxt and their in-ring is just a, a portion of the storytelling that they're, they're telling people have to remember that these are very, like this is a different style <laughs> than wwe and, and of course that is a gift and a curse obviously it's a curse when they go to the main roster that's why you see i mean they're even more measured on the main roster with how they handle the people that you know we've prospected to be huge in NXT. Like, look at how they've been handling Aleister Black and Ricochet. And I mean, to a lesser extent, the Viking Raiders, where it's like they've been handling them very, very kid gloves, where it's like, okay, we're not going to go too crazy with them, but we're going to build their characters on something else. Um, I think it's very possible that the people could think that it's predictable because uh you know that you're going to get the the debut match at takeover you're going to get the win all that type of stuff like things that are doing with Kushida but again these are these are very old concepts to wrestling that a lot of people have not seen before and a lot of people don't exactly they don't care about you know they they just care about the characters and i think in just in general yeah there's a lot of things i think that are cyclical with NXT but i think that's just at, at some points um I think one of the, the one of the reasons behind that is because it's developmental and eventually people get called up. And it was just like what you're talking about, uh, Justin. It's a um, it's a when people get called up, you've got to build new stars and you kind of got to do it again. And there's these time old kind of concepts and you kind of got to run its course. Sim- a similar story could happen. I mean, we've seen the, the the Finn Balors come in, the Shinsuke Nakamura's, the 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 Samoa Joes, the um, Adam Coles, and everybody, and they you know. It's like a similar kind of surprise and sort of, oh, my God, they're in and all this other stuff like that. It's really because I think the characters are so – they're not – they don't stay on NXT. They eventually get called up, and you have to build new stars, and that starts to cycle all over again. We've seen, like, probably since it hit the network, like, four different iterations of NXT. And I think that's what could make, sure make it kind of become repetitive in a sort of way. Yeah. Uh, once again, thank you for these hot takes for this week. Uh, no. s- send us more. We will drop the link on Twitter uh, after this episode airs. And Listen, uh, we got a we got a lot in the can, man. There, there's some good ones that I'm scoping through right now that I can't wait to get to. Yeah, let's say let's save them for let's save them for next week. We have to get through Extreme Rules 2019, a show that, as far as well, what would you say your excitement level for this is, Chris? Honestly, the card is pretty loaded, so I'm I'm looking forward to this show. I mean, there's some there's some good matches, um, one some with really high potential for me. The main event will be what the main event would, was always going to be. So that really, I, I'm not, I'm expecting I'm going in there with low expectations and expecting it to just be like a a big plunder brawl. But I'm I'm pretty excited for this show. I can't lie. Uh, I mean, same. I think it's a pretty loaded card. Uh, we've see, we're seeing a lot of first-time matches. Uh, we're seeing a lot of matches that are good, but we're going to get, you know, again. And we're seeing a lot of, I mean, again, up and down this card, if they do what they did last last month at Stomping Grounds, 
I think we're in for a, a, another like show of the year contender here. Like I, I think it's going to be an extremely solid show. Uh, let's start off with our predictions. First up, WWE Raw tag team titles: The Revival versus The Usos. This has been a feud that's been bubbling for I want to say two and a half months at this point. Um, and I'll, I'll chalk this up to the Saudi show kind of messing up the, the timing of this match actually happening. But there have been so many things that have happened between these two since since the Usos came to Raw. And we finally get to see this match kind of get blown off or, or, or began here with the tag titles at stake with the Usos and the Revival. We haven't had a lot of matches between these two. I think this is going to be fucking great. Um, I'll go ahead and put my, my first prediction down. I think the Usos should win this. I think that it's time for them to get their, their raw titles because I really want to see the Viking Raiders get in the mix here, and I think that they've been building them up to get there. Oof. Um, in terms of who I should think, I definitely think the Usos should win this match. Um, it, it, it's gonna, it'll be a little bit sad for the Revival. Um, they got what they wanted. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, they've got what they've wanted before, but like... It, 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 they wouldn't have to me they haven't had a true like proper run you know what i'm saying like a lot of their run has been sort of stop start and it kind of depends on like what they're doing with the tag division this week and and a lot of their characters more recently have been based of their like you know they're like second tier henchmen for shane mcmahon like they're like the guys below elias right now um wow but yeah i mean you know not everybody. Um, they're gonna but, they're gonna kill you online for that. <laughs> well, eh, they'll be all right. Um, but I think this match will be incredible. Um, they give it time, and that's I, all I can. I, I wish I wish there was a I wish there was a stipulation for this match. If there was any match on this card, I wish there was a stipulation for this match. I think it could have used one to freshen it up a little bit. With a uh uh Usi hot uh, on a, on a pole match? Nah, I would have said I would have gone with tables match. I would have gone with tables match. Oh, there's too much chance for fuckery there. Yeah, T- mm. table matches, table yeah. matches, the fuckery matches. <laughs> yeah, but you know, well, I don't know. I feel like a tables match. We haven't seen a good one, and if there's any two teams that could provide a good one, especially considering the the you know the in ring psychology, the in ring mind of you know the revival and just the, the high flying sort of reckless sort of, you know, aspect of the Usos. I think they could have provided a good tables match at least. Um, some of this kind of revived that, but we're going to get what we're getting anyway. The revival versus Usos is going to be off the charts anyway. What do you think, Chris? Well, the baby faces stood tall on raw. Um, when Usos teamed up with the Miz against the revival and Elias. So that booking logic would suggest that the revival will retain on Sunday. I'm going to stick with that. I think, I think they retain a little bit nefariously. Sets up something for SummerSlam. Usos win there, and then they pivot to to Viking Raiders and Usos for the fall. I love that we're also not calling the Viking Raiders by their actual name. Is Viking Experience, but I really like the Viking Raiders. I don't know why they changed it. <laughs> it's still it's not the Viking Raiders again. <laughs> Viking Experience. <laughs> Oh God! Which is the, which is the name of their finisher too? Which is even stupider. Oh God! Oh God! All right. Well, uh, next up, uh, and a, ma- a match that, and, and this is a match. No, that, they're the they're the Viking Raiders. They're the they, Viking yeah, Raiders. They are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, oh, I thought I was wrong. So oh, no. wait, they changed it from the experience to. They the changed it from the experience yeah. to the Viking Raiders. Yeah. So it's kind of like a half half DLCs type of deal. I still yeah. like the name. I still like the name. Uh, 
this next match runs into a problem that I'm seeing with a lot of the extreme quote unquote matches on the show. Whereas there could be a lot of run over as far as spots <laughs> as far, uh, with a lot of these matches. Uh, you have the Braun Strowman, Bobby Lashley, last man standing match, which again should be fucking incredible. If their match on raw two weeks ago is any indication, I think it'll be mm-hmm. a really great match, but I'm very concerned about where they position this match. And if they have it, I'm a big fan of long going threads and shows where like the match should realistically, if it's last man standing, you know, have it go all over and have it go all over during the show. But with this, it's like, does the, is this the backstage match that they do? Or is this another match that they do in front of the fans? I'm very interested in where they position this match, especially how, how long they give it. I don't think they can realistically give this like a 15 minute runtime, especially with the way that Braun Strowman matches are constructed. But I yeah. think that I do think that, um, Bobby Lashley has looked fucking phenomenal here. Um, I think that they are setting him up potentially for a big match at SummerSlam. So I would say that you have him beat Braun Strowman here to get his payback for what he did to him on Raw two weeks ago and have him uh, go on to someone of a, of a higher stature uh, on SummerSlam. I'm not sure who that would be at this point, but I do think they're setting Bobby up for some someone very, very big uh, in the near future. Um, hmm. Braun versus Bobby. <laughs> They're supposed to be dead. I don't get it. <laughs> like crush pelvis. All this, all, all this, uh, the, to me, what they did at that show was like a cool write off thing. But then to see them back in like a week and a half, it's kind of weird. Um, especially Bobby, who's been back in like, still on like 100% health, Bobby beating up Rey Mysterio. <laughs> Bobby nerfed Rey Mysterio to a point where I'm like, well, Ray's back to where he was. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, what what the hell is going on here? I think this last standing ma- last man standing match. Um I don't when's the last time we've seen one with like two big hosses like that? It's kind of interesting. We haven't really seen one of this kind Roman, of didn't Roman and Braun do it? I, I think they did. I, 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 I but these are like you know, they're like big guys who like neither of them should be just you have to hit them hard to stay down. And I think that's what that's what this kind of match kind of brings to the table. And also. I said the most like duh thing ever, but it's uh, I don't know, I'm 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 not fully sold on this match. Um I'm just not. I'm just. I don't know what that. What else they can kind of pull out their hat. But um, feel free to surprise me. All right. What about you, Chris? No, it's funny, Justin, that you said that you think that they're teeing some teeing Bobby up for something bigger. Because I do think that the winner of this match is going to be positioned to face Seth at SummerSlam for the Universal Championship. Because I don't think they're going, despite teasing like all the time that Brock's going to go after the title. I don't think they're going to do that. Cause I still think he's going to cash in on Kofi. Um, so I think Lashley wins and Lashley faces Seth at SummerSlam for the universal title. That I, I have a prediction about Seth. <laughs> I have a prediction about Seth, but I'll get to it during that match. Okay. Um, but I think, I think Seth and Bobby will be fucking great. I think that would be yeah. really dope. Um, however, yeah, yeah, I, I do think Bobby's going to miss okay. this match. Okay. I think, I th- yeah, I think, um, you know what? I'm going to say, 
Gosh, Bobby or Braun. I don't know. I can't see either of them staying down for the 10 count. I can't see Bobby managing to get Braun down for the 10 count unless he really does some like next level shit, which would then put him in line for the Universal Championship. That's that's the only trajectory from here. Um, but I can see Braun laying the hell out of Lashley, so I'm going to go with Braun in this match. <laughs> All right. Uh, next match, WWE United States Championship, Ricochet versus AJ Styles. We have seen this match two weeks uh, in a row within the last three weeks. Um, listen, I, I have no qualms about this happening again. Give these guys 15 minutes, please. Give them 15 minutes. Uh, I, I think that it would be, you know, to the detriment of them to not give them more than, more, you know, give them less than that. Uh, I, I think Ricochet and AJ have really great chemistry. I just think that the, it hadn't gotten out of second gear and now you get a chance to do it you know, longer on a, on a bigger setting for a, a greater amount of time. Um, I don't think Ricochet should lose here. I really like him, you know, how he's been as a face. I have not liked his on the mic performance. I think that they need to have someone work with his mic work, so to yep. speak. Uh, I think he is absolutely terrible on the mic. Um, <laughs> and that is what kills it for him as a baby face. I almost feel like he should be a heel because like, he's like this really handsome guy, really buff guy, like really like, you know, like ladies love him. Why is he not a heel where he's like, you know, just talking shit about people all the time, like how he's better than everyone? Like, I almost feel like when he's on the mic, it's not natural to him to be a babyface. So it's kind of weird for him to go against super heel AJ Styles. But again, AJ can, you know, he realistically can make a really good babyface out of this if he gives him like a Roman Reigns Extreme Rules-esque performance here. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping will happen. I do think Ricochet will win, but I don't think the feud will be over. Really? I think Ricochet is kind of a dork, but like... <laughs> he, he, he's, he's pretty good like he's pretty good and i think in terms of just like a baby face you and getting people to get behind him i can't see i mean people will want to hate anything but i can't see people like growing to hate ricochet he's kind of a yeah he's kind of a dork um but ricochet versus aj styles you know I wish we didn't see this match two weeks in a row. That's probably my only thing about this is that I wish we didn't see it too because I would have loved to see like the first time, like, you know, Styles versus Ricochet first time ever. But I understand what they had to do to sort of sell this match. And it was actually a pretty good program. I just wish we ne- didn't see the match. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know. Um, who do you think is winning? Who do I think is winning? I'm going to give it to. Ricochet. Okay. I think Ricochet is uh, taking home the United States Championship. I don't think it's right now that that it's good to take it off of him. Uh, what about you, Chris? It will be nice to see this match um, get hopefully like ten plus minutes around fifteen uninterrupted with no convoluted BS getting in the way, like Styles telling the club to go to the back or a false finish just because they need to not wrestle during commercials. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I also think Ricochet wins, but this feud is definitely not over yet. I, I would I, I strangely enough, I do see a stipulation in SummerSlam between these two, but, okay. but even though it should be on this show, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, next up, highly anticipated match, uh, Alistair Black versus Cesaro. Alistair Black, for the past two months, I have to give it to him here. He has put this program on his back. I think that he has cut really great promos. He's shown that he can talk. Uh, now is the action part. I've always said this. He is a big time act that was kind of in a small pool in NXT. And that's why a lot of people certainly weren't feeling him as much as uh, they could have. 
as far as in terms of his in-ring and how he spoke. And that's because NXT is just such a, such a smaller presentation. But you put Alistair on a big stage like this, they've given him backstage promos. They've given him a cool-looking Chiron when he comes out. Like, he looks like he belongs, and he's always belonged there. Cesaro is a major player here. They've made him look strong over the past couple of weeks because, I, I mean, obviously, I don't know how we didn't see it before. They were preparing him for this match. I think it's going to be great. Alistair hasn't been in the ring, as we said earlier, in the, for the past like three or four months. So this will be the first time that a lot of people have seen him in the ring. And it's it's almost like a reset for him because we haven't seen what he could bust out this new now. So um, obviously, I think Alistair is going to win his first match. And I think he's, he is eventually going to go on uh, to SummerSlam. And I, I think Randy Orton is going to be his program. But I don't think you want to waste that at Extreme Rules. I think you want to give him a big marquee win and feud at SummerSlam. So I think Alistair Black will win this match. Yeah, I couldn't have said it any better. I think pretty much everything that you said, I agree with. Alistair Black has kind of added another dimension to his just character through these promos. And I mean, that's if you know people have been paying attention or not, because it, it usually comes on in a weird place on SmackDown. Yeah. Um, but I think he's added another wrinkle to it. I'm I'm interested to see if this carries over to like, you know, when he when he steps from behind that sort of vignette thing and comes into the, you know, comes into the ring and starts cutting the promos there and having these interactions with all these other people. I'm wondering if it comes better into play on that. Um, in terms of just Cesaro, Cesaro is just a great first opponent for everybody. Anybody mm-hmm. like it's, it's like a first program, first thing. We've seen what he's done with previous stars in the past. I mean, seeing Cesaro, seeing Sami Zayn for the first time in WWE, I saw him. The first time I saw him was against Cesaro. Like it's a, it's just a natural thing. You talk about Cedric Alexander debuting on Raw. You get him against Cesaro. He looks incredible. Um, even you know Ricochet just a few weeks ago. Yeah, against Cesaro. A great string of matches. I think let's do this match here. They'll probably have another one on SmackDown. Um, it's just a great look overall. I'm expecting, I, I, I don't know if I'm expecting the world from this, but I'm expecting a competitive match. And I think Aleister Black is going to pick it up. I, 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 hot take here. Sorry, Chris, for interrupting you. I no think this could, this could potentially steal the show. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it could. That's, that's definitely reasonable. Um, I think Alistair wins as well, but I will say I think that there's two ways that this match can go. Either it's a show stealer or Alistair Black wins with one black mass in a matter of seconds. To put it <laughs> there's no in between. That would be so fucking... You know, you know how I rate those types of matches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that will get seven stars from me if it is, <laughs> if it is that. <laughs> I don't care if he knocks him out in five seconds. I'm giving it seven stars. So just to let you guys know that right now, and I will probably say it. Uh, <laughs> uh, next up, Daniel Bryan and Rowan versus the New Day versus Heavy Machinery for the WWE SmackDown Tag Team titles. This has been, strangely enough, one of my most enjoyable uh, feuds and storylines on SmackDown lately is between these three uh, teams. I think that it's been, you know, an incredible run for for uh, Heavy Machinery in the past couple of weeks just to show off what they could do. The New Day is the New Day, and Daniel Bryan has just been killing it on the mic every single week. On SmackDown this week, he said, you guys are talking about tips in three ways. <laughs> <laughs> like what <laughs> it's Daniel you, Bryan only how, you can get away with that really how much is, how is he allowed to do that uh, I think again you add the New Day to this this will be a, a greater match than what they had last month with Heavy Machinery um, however I do think that it might be time for Daniel to drop these titles I, 
I, you know, strangely enough, did not see him as a heel, not heel, but I did not see him in a tag team this long. So I don't think that they should have him in one this long. Um, I think that the fact that he won it is fine enough. I don't think there's been too much of a chase for either any of these teams for their, you know, for me to be invested in the Daniel Bryan Rowan team that long anyway. Uh, so I would give it to heavy machinery here. Like I, I think, you know, you throw it to the new guys and then you have Daniel Bryan and Rowan try and give them another, uh, another match that'll kind of make these teams. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't see anything wrong with heavy machinery winning. I know it's a long shot. I know this is very very possible that they retain here. But I would really pop if heavy heavy machinery won this, uh, the tag titles. I'm going with the Daniel Bryan and Roan retaining. I think they've just had this incredible streak. I don't know who they who they would face next. I mean, I'm sure it would just be heavy machinery again. Um, but I think that the run they're having right now is pretty strong and it shouldn't be really deterred. And in terms of having a tag team champion that people actually well, oh man, oh, right, they're champions. Like, it's Daniel Bryan, of course. Yeah. And having them featured on the show in various capacities, I think is just great. I think they're um, a strong heel tag team that the division that has plenty of face tag teams um, desperately needs. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm for, I think I'll just, Daniel Bryan and, you know, Eric Rowan retaining. I don't really see them needing to shift any sort of gears anyway. I don't know if they have anything big planned for Daniel Bryan. I don't think they have anything other well, things planned. It's, it's SummerSlam. I think, I I mean, if you put him in any, any thing, you put him with Finn, you know, it's never yeah, happened, but never happened before. Yeah, that's true. But I feel like you have a, t- in terms of maintaining that undercard, I feel like just keep, just, just keep the titles on Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan, to be honest with you. What about you, Chris? I I'm I'm trying to think even as I as I talk here because you guys are bringing up good points and I wonder if you know you drop it to New Day you give Brian incentive to go after them maybe you thread the needle for um, Brian to face Kofi again for the WWE title because well spoiler alert I think he's re- he's retaining against Samoa Joe and I think that's going to be a one off anyway um, but yeah I. I'll, I'll I'll go with Brian and Rowan retaining for the reasons that that Meal said. I mean, him giving that presence to the tag division really helps them out. And I think ultimately the t- the titles could go into Heavy Machinery's hands. Maybe you you string that along a bit more and get them over more than they are right now. They've been really delightful the past couple of weeks and months. Um, so yeah, I'll I'll go with Brian and, and Rowan retaining here. Uh, I'm the I'm the lone I'm the lone guy rooting for uh <laughs> for Otis. <laughs> yeah, I think you're rooting for Daniel Bryan doing bigger and better things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yes, yeah. I, I think that's what you're rooting for more than heavy machinery. It's like, but Daniel Bryan <laughs> should be wrestling for the championship. Like, I, I I completely understand with that, and I can sympathize with that. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, next match, I get, we can breeze through that one. This this particular match, Drew Gulak versus Tony Nese for the Cruiserweight title. If there has ever been a match ever that has been like foregone conclusion, it is the fact that Drew Gulak will be retaining this title because Tony Nese already had his turn. So, uh, well, yeah, isn't that how NXT works, right? Or, uh, I mean, the two hundred five live. Sorry, yeah. sorry, and maybe NXT. Um, yeah. two hundred five live. <laughs> Uh, I want to flip a coin, but I don't have a coin. That's literally how I feel about this match, really. Um, it really doesn't matter. It doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think, Chris? Gulak. Gulak gets the win in his hometown of Philadelphia. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, they're in, you're right. You're right. Yep. Really. Yep. 
next up, and this is going to be really interesting. Uh, oh. Bailey versus Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross for the SmackDown Women's Title. Now, I know I said you know inevitability in the last match. I think this is also inevitable, just considering the fact that Alexa Bliss is on Raw, and uh, as well as Nikki <laughs> Cross. <laughs> well, yes, yes, that that is a, a small wrinkle in this entire thing. Yes, uh, I, I think that the more interesting aspect is. Um, how they will break up Alexa and Nikki, because once you do that, that is automatically, in my opinion, that becomes the top women's program on Raw, like low key, yeah. like they built it, it becomes the, the top program. And I think, you know, Chris touched on it earlier. If you're not going to get Sasha, it's got to be these two. And they've, they've got to be factored into it somehow because they've, they've you know, they've, uh, interesting, uh, interestingly enough, not, not pit Alexa against Becky at all yet. Uh, but I mean, I think the match would be great. You know, you know, no surprise there. I think that there will be something that happens where Ale- or Nikki will have to make a decision between Alexa being her friend and her having an opportunity to win the belt. Um, I do think that is what will happen, and that will lead to Bailey winning. Uh, I do think Bailey's going to win this match. But what's more interesting is what's going to happen to these uh, three women after the match ends for SummerSlam. Oof. Okay. So there's a there's a number of ways this can go across. Um but all 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 of the all of the possible booking decisions that I could make, hashtag meals booking, all of these decisions I could make are thwarted by the fact that two of them are on SmackDown and I mean two of them are on Raw and one is on SmackDown and it doesn't make sense. But then again, this is the wild card era. What does make sense? Um, now, I don't think they'll go as far as to give someone a belt from another show. I don't think they're going to go that far. I mean, I would hope not, especially with the major changings that are coming to the show. I think you would really, you wouldn't want to mess that up too much. You wouldn't want to put people in a sort of environment where it's just like, okay, now we got to take this title off of them because they're on the wrong show. Um, I think that would just be sort of hustling backwards in a sense, but if this was my program in an ideal place, they're all on the same show. In an ideal place, how I book this, um, Nikki Cross wins. There's that becomes the ire of Alexa Bliss's sort of uh, sort of thing. They have a triple threat match at some point. Um, Nikki wins again, and then Alexa Bliss turns on her, and then that's how they go on to the fall. Now that's not going to happen <laughs> because. Was she pinned Bailey? Bailey? Was she pinned Bailey twice? Yeah, I mean she's pinned yeah. Bailey twice, but Bailey, I think Bailey in this aspect, I mean you don't really deter from this. I mean it's a it's a it's a foregone conclusion. I think I think Bailey somehow comes, you know, she wins this match. I think Nikki Cross ends up costing Alexa the match inadvertently, okay. um, and you sort of they start breaking off from there. Um, so I'm just gonna go with Bailey winning this match. What do you think, Chris? All right, I got. Two things here. Um, firstly, this feud has unfortunately suffered just slightly for me, only because um, Alexa's unfortunately been MIA because she's ill. Yeah. Uh, so it was it was kind of awkward to see them do a contract signing on Tuesday night at SmackDown without Alexa there. Um, Nikki obviously having power of attorney. Um, <laughs> but, um, it, it, it has suffered just a little bit. Um, and it, in addition to that, even though it obviously brings up bad memories, I do. I will say that I am a little disappointed that this isn't a kendo stick match. Because if you are going to, you know, keep this feud going, why not go full circle with it? Right. Yeah. Um, but the handicap match is fine. Um, in in addition to that, I, I 
do think Bailey's going to win, move on to SummerSlam, going going to Toronto with the title. Um, but I still wonder if they're going to actually have it be Nikki being the one who's playing Alexa instead of vice versa, just to give a different dimension of Alexa to the main roster crowd because she's been a, a villain her whole time there. She obviously plays the role very well, but it's not like she doesn't get cheers. It's not like she's not wildly popular. So I right. would wonder if they would have that twist be there where it was actually Nikki who's the villain here and Alexa who finally got played and you can get sympathy for her that way. Yeah, because uh, they're, they're playing uh, – like Bailey's been playing up or the writing has been playing up that, uh, that Nikki's the one that is, you know, gullible and naive. Yeah. That would be a crazy twist on that. That would be pretty yeah. good. That would be a, that would be worth the price of him. <laughs> I would I would love that actually. Yeah, but yeah, I, I think Bailey's retaining just because one, it makes the most sense, and two, like you guys said, two of these people are on Raw. They wouldn't have either of them win a SmackDown title. Um, yeah. that leads me to SummerSlam. I think I've said this since she won the title that Bailey Charlotte is the run back essentially. Yeah. Yes. Uh, to, that's the final test for Bailey to see, to, just to kind of solidify her her title reign there. Uh, but I mean, with Becky, there's so many ways you can go here. Yes, you could, you could do this triple threat with with Becky, Alexa, and Nikki. You could do Becky and Alexa. You could do Becky and Sasha. But where does that leave Alexa and Nikki? There's so many things you can do in Raw here. But I think more than anything, that show needs those two back as soon yeah. as possible. Yes. Agreed. Oh, I, th- I, I think 100%. I mean, I'm surprised they haven't started floating Charlotte in now, but really you could just heat Charlotte up whenever. Considering mm-hmm. literally from the date of this show being released, there will be one month until SummerSlam. Yep. That is four weeks until SummerSlam. That was yep. actually three shows until <laughs> SummerSlam. Like three, <laughs> roughly roughly three Raws, three SmackDowns, maybe. Maybe there's a fourth. I don't know. Um, I haven't done the math in my head. But there's not that much time until SummerSlam. So this SummerSlam card is going to get pretty wrapped up pretty quickly. Um, the, the, Bailey, the Bailey and Charlotte thing is a no-brainer. Um, I think just even if you have Charlotte just attack Bailey after the match and just say, like, you thought it was over, but it's not. Uh, Bitch, you thought. <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those type of deals. You got that match going there. Um, but it'll it's just... We'll see what happens. We'll have to see what happens. I like, I like, I like Chris's, uh, Chris's story though. If it's actually Nikki who turns on Alexa, I think Alexa is actually due for a face turn. To be honest with you, yep. she does get the cheers. I think she can be a, a, a reputable. All you have to do is kind of tweak her character, um, and she's marketable. You know, yeah. pink, blue. Uh, you know, it, it, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. And then you establish another major heel on the Raw roster, which she kind of needs. Yes. Because this Lacey Evans thing is getting kind of old. Um, uh, but go on. Next up, Kofi Kingston versus Samoa Joe. This one's interesting because, as we found out this week, Kofi Kingston is injured. So I can't see this match going very long. Uh, Poor Joe. Long, it, yeah, I know. Every single time. <laughs> Poor Joe. If it's not him, it's the opponent. And if it's, if it's not lasting long, then it's Poor Joe. Uh, I, I here, okay. Kofi's gonna win because Joe's on Raw, correct? Yeah, so, yes. Well, Kofi's gonna win. No, there's no, I don't they, like, I think it's pretty well established. They are not doing cross champions on shows and they shouldn't. No, I think Brock is going to pick Kofi. Hmm, I think yep. he's going to cash in on yep. Kofi on Sunday. Ooh, Sunday, yes. Ooh. He, 
Paul, I mean, Paul said it on Raw that he's going to cash in on Sunday. True. Hmm. I, I think you have Joe take him to whatever limit you can in a nine-minute match. And then you have Brock come out. Have him, he hasn't won the WWE title in a while. Because, I mean, if Brock is your champion on SmackDown going into Fox, wouldn't your great first time, you know, your great first uh, show be Roman versus Brock? Yeah, on man. Fox, on Fox? Brock ain't fine on Friday. <laughs> uh, for the bag, he will. What do you I don't, I, I mean, uh, to me, that'd be, I mean, it's, yes, it's great for, it's uh, great I, for I, SmackDown. I, I, I think at any point, I don't think we can, we can say Brock isn't going to do blank anymore. I think Brock, Brock is going to absolutely do everything now. Brock has yet to have a match on TV. And they've been, they've been doing that for a reason. It's, and I'm not it's saying, Fox. Like, it's the first Fox show. This is true, but you can also have Brock just appear on Fox, which is probably what they might do anyway. In a title match? That's no, not, no title match. match. I don't think they're going to have I don't think they're going to even close to, you know, use Brock on any tele- they, so they've what done. You, what, do you pop, what do you pop a rating with for on your first first big show on Fox? What do you pop a rating with? Psh, shit, I don't know because it's on a Friday night. So I don't know. It. <laughs> I don't know what what would do you, you do. People are not going to watch the first Fox SmackDown. I think honestly, if you have a WWE Championship match for for SmackDown in the main event anyway, people are going to watch nonetheless. And it's Brock Lesnar I, Roman Reigns. I think if you promote it, oh yeah, they're definitely going to watch if it's Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. But I just don't think Brock Lesnar is going to be the person who. Um, I don't think Brock Lesnar will have a match on television. I don't think that's what he's been paid to do. I don't think that's in his contract. I think he has a limited amount of we matches know, in his, his contract. But, but I, I think that's a but been said I, he doesn't have match limits anymore. He has a straight up contract. From yep. what I'm has, from what I'm from what I'm going there, I I couldn't see them having an actual match on SmackDown. This is just from history telling me in the past. History for the last said, history said he couldn't win money in the bank either. for the last eight years. But that wasn't a match on the show. <laughs> that wasn't a match he, on, the, on he, SmackDown. He advertised to be there. Yeah, but that wasn't a match on SmackDown. That's not the same thing as what I'm talking about. It's that's like I'm talking about having a match on SmackDown cynical, versus a match on pay per view. That's a real cynical way to think of it. When you're, it's thinking, not a cynical way. I'm going through what history was. I'm going through what history was, and I'm letting you know what it is. Like history has not told me I'm, I'm, whether I'm yelling or not. It's just what I'm yelling me. No, but. You're trying to <laughs> I'm telling you why I think the way I think. I understand why you think the way you think. I'm telling you what I'm what, what, what I'm thinking is just based on history. That's what do you think? What as it pertains to him wrestling on TV? Oh, as far as the match. Kofi's retaining. Kofi's retaining. Kofi's definitely retaining. Um as it pertains to him getting cashed in on, I could definitely see it because like I said. I do think that Brock will definitely cash in on Kofi and take his title. I just, I, I just obviously wonder, like, when is it going to happen? Like, will it happen on Sunday? Will it happen at SummerSlam? I don't know, but I'm definitely thinking that they're pulling our legs really by having, you know, everyone think, oh yeah, he's going to definitely cash in on Seth. But if Kofi I think needs, if Kofi needs time off, I think you have Brock destroy him and then do Brock Kofi. At SummerSlam, because there's literally no yeah. one else. There's no one yeah. else for Kofi. Yeah, I know. Sure. I would. I would love. Don't get me wrong. I would love Brock and Kofi at SummerSlam. I 100 would love that. Ending um, the fairy tale is the story, and yeah. that's what you've been waiting for, hasn't it? That's, no, what, that's what this is all about. 
<laughs> no, I think that's a good story. Um, you know, when we get to the match, I'll give my because I don't think he's going to catch it on Kofi. I think he's going to catch it on the other guy. All right, that I I don't think they're going back to the well. Anyway, Undertaker, Roman Reigns versus Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre. No holds barred. I'm wondering where this is going to be. Factored in, bro. It's the same. It's the same match as an Extreme Rules match, Bruh, I'm like, yo, is this closing the show? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I was like, is this closing the show? If there's no cash, if no cashing goes on, this is probably going to end up closing the show, right? Well, I think that you could still cash in on somebody in the middle of the show. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I guess you could. Um, but it was sort of you would lose the, especially in Philly. I think you would lose the. Um, People wouldn't be as excited for this match if you cashed in before and then had this end the show. Like, look uh, at the look at the matches. Like, Last Man Standing, No Holds Barred, Extreme Rules matches. They're pretty much kind of the same match, but with different stipulations here. Like, yeah, I, I think this match will close the show, just considering how big it is and it's in Philly. Philly's a hard crowd to kind of uh, it's it's been notably you know referred to as a hard crowd to sort of get over, and I don't think a Seth Rollins, Becky Lynch, Baron Corbin, Lacey Evans match is going to do the deed. Um, so I could see this match actually closing the show. That's fair. I mean, if Shane's going to turn up, yeah. But I yeah. I, I think that uh, it, this is obviously to mask the limited capacity of the Undertaker. Uh, how about what 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 about this? Right? What if Goldberg comes out? It's no holds barred. Goldberg comes out and Spears Undertaker, and then that's how they lose. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're going to lose this match. I think they're going to lose this match. Wow. I, I think that's why. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> we need Goldberg Taker too. Uh, I hope not. I, I hope that's not true. I think, um, God. We need it. Chris, we need it, right? What about Reigns Taker? Oh, God. <laughs> Well, because I, I saw someone say that they're teasing, like, Taker Drew, which, God help us if that happens. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be real bad. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, I don't think it'll be bad. I just would rather not see it. <laughs> like, put that on a house show or something. Like, I don't think it needs to be any sort of SummerSlam um, main card type of deal. But, whew. Well, I think I, that, Yeah, go ahead. I think that the, the added element now with um, – with Kevin Owens and feuding oh. with Shane. I wonder if he gets involved here and costs them the matches. I mean, somebody, somebody has to take Shane down at some point, right. right? Someone, someone has to. And I think that Owens will probably get involved here, whether or not it works is yet to be seen, but I think he'll, the, the no holds barred stipulation sets up somebody to run in. And I think Owens would be a logical choice, especially after what happened on Tuesday, which by the way, one, set the world on fire. Two, everyone doesn't need to call it a pipe bomb. Not no. everything is a pipe bomb. Like, no. God. It's clearly scripted, by the way. Yeah, yeah 100%. <laughs> and I, and the, the reinvention of Kevin Owens just in time for SummerSlam. I love it. Um, uh, lastly, last match, uh, which I thought was going to main event until this match got called. Uh, winner take all extreme rules match. Don't know how this works. Once again, there are three stipulations here that are the same match. Uh, Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch versus Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans. Can we please God get Baron Corbin, take him down a, a notch, make him go against, go for the 24 seven title and have Lacey Evans wherever Sarah Logan is. I am very tired. <laughs> Of this, of this foursome at this point. I think Rollins and Becky are going to win. I think it's obvious. It's obvious. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm glad that the stipulation is also if they if they don't win, they'll never get another chance. Thank you, God. That means that they are definitely going down to the upper mid or the mid card after this. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, it should be crazy, I guess. <laughs> I, I don't know what this is going to look like, um, but I'm sure that Seth is going to will his way to a great match like he always does, um, and I think they're going to win. Uh, the, the verdict's out on if there's going to be a cash-in because if, we, if they do do Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar again... Uh, we've seen it so many times. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know here. What, what do you think, Chris? I think Seth and Becky winning is probably the easiest call of the night because they're not having Baron and Lacey go into SummerSlam as the Universal or Raw Women's Champions. God help us if they do. Like you said, this will get them away from this scene, which both of them need it. I was, I, I feel like I'm, I'm better. I'm less harsher on Lacey than some, but this has been going on now for like three months. Enough is enough. Um, they need to get somebody new in the scene. Like we said, the potential is there for Alexa and Nikki and a host of anyone else. Um, yeah, this is this to me is the easiest call of the night. Seth and Becky are definitely winning. I think if this closes the show, we could potentially see a cash-in. Um, now, whether the cash-in will be successful or the cash-in will actually happen, I think it'll be teased. Um in terms of if, if if they go with the cash in, then it happens and blah, blah, blah. I could see it. It's an extreme rules match. It is what it is. Um, I think, gosh, I don't want to tell you how I'd book this because my booking is weird for this. But <laughs> um, Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch will absolutely win this match. I think probably the most entertaining or the most enticing thing about this match will be sort of the um, interactions between the men and the women in this match. Considering both titles are on the line, that means um, there's a possibility for Lacey Evans to lose the match, um, which Seth Rollins will interfere. And if Becky Lynch is on her way to winning the match, Baron Corbin will interfere and possibly vice versa for the men. If it looks like Baron Corbin's going to win, you're going to see Becky Lynch really get heated up. Um, it'll be interesting to me if they decided to go with the, you know, attempted cash in on this, because you would kind of have Brock Lesnar, you know, in the ring with Seth Rollins, you'd have Becky Lynch, another major star kind of like hovering around the sides. You could kind of intertwine that a little bit, maybe like, you know, Brock Lesnar tries to go cash in Becky Lynch, you know, sneaks in with a low blow and they run off real quickly and you get you pop the crowd huge for that because it's the first time brock has had any interaction with women that's how i would kind of book it but you know it's kind of weird <laughs> i don't know I, I don't know if brock would ever take a low blow from <laughs> becky lynch to be honest with you i was actually gonna gonna point out like if they do do an attempted cash in do you think that they would have like becky like step up to brock or at, at least like i think him? so i thought that would be cool like yeah. the man okay. stepping okay. up to brock i agree I think I think that would just be a cool visual just in general. And you have Seth like maybe like push her out the way, try to save her, and it's like very like heroically type of thing. And if he does the cash in, he wrecks Seth Rollins and Becky yeah. Lynch just has to watch. Exactly. Um it's a and then you kind of get this like personal type of deal because mm-hmm. you can have Brock like you don't have to, he doesn't have to put hands on Becky, but he can disrespect Becky. And then that's how you get Seth, you know, firing back up. Been like, oh man, like, how dare you disrespect my girlfriend? Ah, and and that's how it kind of goes. I mean, you could go several ways with this entire thing. Um, yeah. depends on what Paul E's you know thinking about this. I, I, I don't think that, mind um, you, Paul E also represents Brock, Paul E's also yep. the executive director of Raw <laughs> and probably would want to deal with Brock Lesnar as opposed to Eric Bischoff dealing with Brock Lesnar. Yeah, sure. 
uh, I, again, <laughs> again, I mean, as far as like SummerSlam goes, like these three, these four characters, like, or at least those two, like Becky and Seth are in need of dance partners. I think, I think Seth has, I think Seth has more, uh, choices than most. I think he has more choices than Kofi does, but I think that they just need to give him that opportunity, opportunity to do so. Um, again, if there is a cash in, I'm not mad at it at all. I, I was just thinking if, I mean, even as far as the Kofi thing, I thought, you know, if Kofi's hurt, then he, obviously you have to mulligan to, to do that and mm-hmm. get the title, to get the title off of him. But, um, again, Seth needs someone for SummerSlam. I, again, I don't know what this card's going to look like at all. <laughs> we, we're, yeah. four, we're four weeks away. I still have no clue what it's going to look like. Uh, 100%. It should be I'm, a good time though, yeah. in Toronto. Yeah. 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 I, 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 I'm sure it will be, uh, and we will be watching this Sunday. There's a lot of wrestling coming down the pike. We've got the G1 starting. We have Extreme Rules. We have AEW also has an event this weekend. We also have Evolve this weekend. So uh, look for us to talk about all of these things and more next week on the A-Show. I want to thank Chris Novak once again for being on the show. Thank you so much for doing this, man. Hey, you're welcome, guys. Thanks for having me on. Uh, Uh, No problem, man. Anything that you want to plug for for you, step off? Um, just head over to barbersharedigital.com, uh, to read all of my top 25 content, listen to, uh, the Ruthless Aggression podcast. It comes out pretty much once every weekend. I think Saturdays are usually the days that it comes out because we record on Fridays. Um, and, uh, follow me on Twitter at Chris M. Novak. That's C-H-R-I-S-M-N-O-V-A-K. And that's really about all the plugs that I can think of. So. All right. And as always, you can follow us at RNC Radio Live for all the latest and greatest from the RNC Radio Network. That includes Overly Medicated. That includes The Lookout. That includes the Mount Silver podcast. That includes the A-Show. Everything you could think of as well as our playlist and, uh, you know, and pretty much like our tweets go crazy now. Like our, our socials, like, you know what I'm saying? Like on another, another level. But uh, until next week, for Meals and Chris, I'm Justin. Thank you for listening to the A-Show and we'll see you next week. My champion is still black, y'all. For now. Oh, my God.